But I will tell you something, which you're the real expert on this, is that losing weight, 80% of it has to do with what you put in your mouth. Right. You, you see people all the time. Oh, I'd be working out. They're working out every day and visually and nothing changing. All this great stuff. But honestly, if you don't change how you eat and your lifestyle, your environment, your friends who you hang out with that keep you the way that you are, nothing's going to change. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, author, and mind-body coach. And several years ago, I self-hacked my mind and my body to lose 30 pounds. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and weight loss habits, you'll also learn how to address the destructive habits and negative self-talk that lead to overeating and battles with your weight. The secret to losing weight and keeping it off is not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Mind Your Body Show. I am your host and mind body coach, Trudy Stone. And joining us here today on the Mind Your Body Show, we have a very special guest. She is a dynamic woman who I've met recently, and I'm just obsessed with her and the, her fitness ethic. And let's just get right into it and let you know who this amazing lady is. So Kim Niles is joining us here today in the podcast, and she is a fitness expert and a coach and has worked in the fitness industry for well over 15 years. She's a vivacious leader, magnetic mentor, and a fitness expert as seen on City TV News, CP24, CTV News, Breakfast Television, and Women's Health Magazine, just to name a few. Kim takes a holistic approach that connects your mind and your body, resulting in a wholesome outcome. See why I wanted her here? <laughs> Kim's grassroots approach to personal training is attributed, again, to over 15 years of experience with a blended background in martial arts, yoga, so much more. Fueled by her core desires, integrity, respect, love, and gratitude, Kim has made a name for herself in the Toronto, Canada nonprofit and social sector as an inspirational speaker by acting on her philanthropic duty to start her nonprofit organization, Self-Love, Youth, Wellness, and Empowerment. Her organization now serves high schools and marginalized communities across the greater Toronto area, equipping youth with substantial tools to discover their senses of self with an end goal of elevating both their mental and physical health. Kim has been recognized with several leadership awards, and Kim's motto is begin with the end in mind. Word she embodies daily as the founder of makeyourmark.ca, I'll link to that in the show notes, a community of creatives, entrepreneurs, and leaders working together to cultivate an online resource center to supply marginalized young adults with the tools to build confidence and to make great change in their communities. Welcome to the show, Kim Niles. I feel like I need applause. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm, you're reading that. I'm like, oh my God, who's that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Kim, I've had other guests on the show as well. And when I read their bio, they're like, oh my God, like I realized when writing this bio, when hearing you say it, like how much work I've actually done. Doesn't yeah. that sound great? It does. It sounds like, who's that? Who's her? Who's this girl? Soak it in, Kim. Soak it in. <laughs> I'll take Soak it, it in. <laughs> and I also have to add one more thing that Kim uh, mentioned in her bio. She said, you know, one thing that is guaranteed Kim will leave you better than she met you. And I believe that 110% because I met Kim with an interview that I did with her um, at a local Toronto radio station. 
And she left me better than when I met her for sure. Just hearing her talk about her philosophies, which you guys are going to learn about here on the show. Again, you were going to leave this podcast better than you were when you popped those earbuds in. <laughs> I said guaranteed. Yes. So Kim, tell us a little bit about your background and what you're up to in the world. So essentially, I, you know, I got into fitness. Uh, I would say I would probably be classified as, uh, and I hate saying this word, but I'm just going to say it because people identify and they understand what it means more so as a high risk youth. So I started off in the fitness world, if I could call it more so in martial arts. Uh, so I remember vividly one day I was driving down Keel street and I saw this Taekwondo place and I was just like, oh, what is that all about? And I got off the bus and I went in and I checked it out and the jetty at that time, he's like, just put your stuff down and try. And I'm like, oh boy. And I put my stuff down and I just took that risk. And, you know, I started and I was like hitting the bag and kicking and he's like, oh, you're a natural. I'm like, really? And, you know, from that day on, it was just kind of like I was, I go back to that feeling that I felt that day after I, I moved in a way that I'd never moved before. Prior to that in high school, I was more into like sprinting, hundred meter dash, that type of stuff. But the martial arts world was a completely different world that I never got exposed to before, but it was exactly what I needed at that time in my life. Uh, just because I was dealing with a lot of anger issues, a lot of just frustration I wanted to let out. And I remember going back the following day, he's like, you're back again. I'm like, yeah, I want to actually join this. I want to start. How does it work? And that was the beginning of my journey into the fitness world. And it just became an addiction from there. It was more so the feeling that I got of the empowered feeling, to be honest. And also I learned a lot of discipline through martial arts, because martial arts really does teach you patience and it teaches you control. And those are, you know, when I see people putting their kids into those, into martial arts, I'm like, one of the best moves that you can do is because there's such a high level of discipline that you learn through that art. Oh, I love that. You know, and I was actually thinking that with martial arts, a lot of it is mental as well. So I'm so glad that you touched on that. It is. And I think too, when you think of people think of martial arts, they think of fighting right away, but they actually teach you how to control yourself, Mm -hmm. how to diffuse a situation before it gets to the point that you actually have to take physical action. So a lot of it is, it is, is, is just learning certain behaviors that you probably never just activated before because, and the, and the thing about it too, is that when, once you know your power, you don't have to exercise that power in order to feel in control because you know your power. I'm going to leave that right there, right? Wow. Oh my, I'm just going to let that sit. That's why I didn't want to say anything. I'm like, I just need to let that sit. Right. Oh, Kim, you, you got You got to say that again. You got to say that again for the people who didn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> when you know your power, you don't have to exercise your power. That is a nugget. I hope you guys are taking notes right now. Okay. Right. You, you don't have to, because you know what you can do. And, and I mean, that gets into so much more of like, when we think of external validation, where people are always looking to, to make sure that people can see that they've got it together. And martial arts really helps to diffuse all of that. It makes you centered, you know, and there is a meditation factor, uh, more so through Tai Chi, uh, that, you know, you practice that piece of centeredness, and it really gives you that introspective look at yourself. 
to know that, you know, if you're in front of an opponent, you know, you're studying them and you're making the best decision at that time to make sure that we don't have to explode the situation. So it is a precious, it, it, it is a precious art. And from there, then I went into doing more so Krav, which is more so a blend of martial arts and street fighting. So it's a, it's a blend of pretty much everything, but it's a, it's a totally different type of martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, life went on and somehow I got recruited into the fitness world. So I worked with a large fitness chain for just about 10 years. Uh, and I managed personal trainers. I was responsible for a couple of different locations, you know, managing memberships, personal training, uh, developing personal trainers, developing managers. And I ha- at that time, I had the opportunity to sit in front of thousands of people, like thousands. I've sat in front of thousands of people and counseled them on their wellness. And I have to call it their wellness because my approach always was not like the traditional gym where you would go into and people would just be talking to you about, oh, why you need personal training. You know, I always tell people if I'm if someone comes to me and they're selling a deck of knives and I'm not in the market for knives and I don't believe I need any knives, why am I even if it's a dollar, why am I going to buy the knives? Whereas Mm. if you actually present people with their a lifestyle and you show them the benefits as to why they need help, why they need the education, then it's a easier it's easier for people to digest. And it's also easier for their buy in because here's the thing about anything that we do. Nothing works if the person, if anybody doesn't work. Right. 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 So we need buying. You always need buying from whoever you're speaking to every. And I was, I would say this to all of my salespeople. I would say every conversation is a sale, whether Mm -hmm. you're you're trying, you're, we're exchanging money or we're just having a conversation. It's a sale. So in that world, I was just able to really, really delve into people to really understand and see how the mind really works, especially, and all the fears that come when it comes to fitness and why people are so afraid, why people don't take care of themselves, what stops them, the, the negative self-talk, you know, just so much happening. Trust me, I spent hours and hours listening to people on, and, and different backgrounds too. So I wasn't working with any particular race. It was everybody. And I was also from there, able to decipher the value spectrum in different races and income levels as well. Mm, mm, That's another important aspect. Yeah. Right. So, you know, sometimes we'll, you know, we'll say, well, this, you see a group of, a set of group of people working out and you're like, oh, they all work out or a group of people that don't work out, but every, it comes down to what you value. And what's important to you, what's your environment look like, and also a little bit of generational stuff that's been passed on as well. Right. Yeah. And let's talk about that, Kim. So for those of you who can't see our conversation right now, um, Kim is a beautiful, strong Black woman, and she just exudes the strength. If you check her out on Instagram, you see her pictures and her workouts. She just exudes it. So let's talk about, you know, working out and Black women. Why is working out not embraced by more Black women? What are your thoughts on that? I think if, first of all, it's, we were kind of talking about this a little bit off air. We are blessed. Right. So a lot of people identify working out with how they look. Well, you know, if you naturally have a ro- more robust body, you, you know, you have more type 2A muscle fiber, which is 
I'll, and I'll explain what that means a little bit. So, you know, you look at a West African, East African. So West Africans, sprinters, people that have more of a robust body build, right? They got thick legs, tight core, you know, um, bigger bums. Like they're just tighter, more compact, but they're very muscular built. Then you have uh, more, someone more so on the East side where they're more lean. And those people are usually long distance runners. Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. less muscle, slimmer built, but they can go for hours running. Well, right. a lot of people, especially let's just say from the Caribbean, we have more of a West African heritage. So we tend to ease, build muscle really easily. We tend to have a great build from what we determine to be a great build. And then if fitness was never a thing that was passed on to you as a child, becoming an adult. And making it a lifestyle can be hard. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on your environment and also economic standing too in society. Because working out, I'll be honest with you, when I first got into the gym industry, I worked out, I worked in predominantly with mostly Russian, Polish, your regular Canadian white person. Um, and my my location was packed. And if I did see a black person, it was like, whoa, hey, how are you doing? Like, <laughs> You know, I'm not guys, but girl, right. women, right. be specific about that. Um, and, you know, it comes down for them. It's just a natural thing. It was just kind of like, we do this. We have to do, we have to. And uh, Eastern European thing is more so they have to be slender. Like they're very much, you know, how much kg am I right now? I need to lose five kg. It's very much on being slim. So they associate that with also a certain type of status as well. Right, right, right. Where it's like you look a certain way, you're, you know, obesity is just not accepted in right. their world. So for for us now, unfortunately, fitness has never really been something that's pushed, right? It's not, it's not something that's really pushed, that it's a must do. Now, when we're young, and I think it's generationally too, as 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 it as it as we evolve, because back when we were kids, we'd play hopscotch. We'd be skipping. We'd be doing. How often do you drive past the house and you see kids playing outside? Ugh, never. Right? Never anymore. I remember we used to play like dodgeball. We used to play handball. We used to do, yeah, all sorts of things like that, like growing up. So it's as, as, as we evolve, less and less of that is happening. Right. And because we tend to give our kids these devices mm-hmm. and they start playing on there and that's the, that starts to consume their time. And now we're getting, it's getting even worse than it used to be, sadly. Right. Absolutely. And there's also the mental health aspect as well with being constantly connected to these devices too, right? Yep. And I I mean, it's, it's something where once again, if as growing up, if, you know, if your parents didn't instill it in you, it really wasn't. And then there is a small spectrum of us that our parents just said that, you know, we had to be in dance, we had to be in soccer, we had to be X, Y, Z. And, you know, we decided to do it and, and we actually, we didn't decide we had to do it. And then as they, you, when you get older, you either continue on that trend or life takes over and you let that go. But I think one of the reasons, the biggest reasons why we don't work out one, because of how we look, we are blessed. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of it Mm -hmm. and that a lot of, and a lot of it, what basically looking at now, what social media says, right. We should have those standards you know, things that people are paying for now. <laughs> so tr- 
Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> they're paying for. So right. you, you have that, that we already were blessed with it. And we're not connected. We're connecting working out to a look. Mm. And that's one of the biggest problems with mm-hmm. fitness. And I would say black women, it's connected to a look. Because if we look okay, we don't think that we need to move. But movement is, you know, anything, movement begins and ends in the mind. And it's just something that you have to do just to condition yourself as a whole. Your body, yes, but also conditioning your mind. And the thing about it is, is that you're the only one that can do it for you. So it starts with you and it starts with that first level of discipline for yourself and respect as well. I tell people this every day. It's working out is like hygiene, right? It, it, it's exactly the same thing. So you think of hygiene, you get up every day, you brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Would you not get up every day? Not every day, but do some, some level of activity for yourself. Right. Sweating is a good thing. It is. Yeah. You're, you're, you're releasing toxins. Right. And we talked about this like earlier, like when we, before we started recording and we talked about working out and I confess to you that, you know, when this whole quarantine thing hit, I hadn't worked out for like eight weeks. And, you know, part of the reason was exactly what you just said. I'm like, well, why do I need to work out? No one's seeing me. I'm in my house, so I don't need to work out. I'm not going anywhere this summer. I'm not going to any parties. Nothing, nothing's really happening. There's no get together. So I don't need to work out. But, you know, what I found was that working out wasn't so much about the way that I look. So I had to make that disconnect. And it was a lot about my mental health and how much better it made me feel. And it also helped with my food choices as well. So because when I worked out, I was more likely to eat more healthy, you know, and that's why exercise is what's known as like a keystone habit. It's one of those habits that you have. It's almost like a master habit or like a master key. And then once you have exercise in place, you'll find that those other habits like eating healthy and and that sort of thing falls more easily into place. Right. Definitely. And I think it's something on the head right there when you said, you know, no one's seeing me. Yeah. But you see you every day. Right. You matter and what you think matters. And that's the piece where I really try to work with young women specifically to get them to understand that. And you know what? We went through some really unprecedented times like this this whole COVID-19 pandemic situation. If you took a break, that's okay. That's okay. Because sometimes we need that break. You can't work out every single day. Right. Sometimes your body does need that break. If you if there there is adverse effects or people that are addicted to working out as well. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically I, I was working at one of these gyms and there was a lady that had three memberships and she spent all day going from each one gym to the next gym. What? Yeah, she she had a, obviously a little bit of an eating disorder as well, but people do become obsessed with it. Right. Just like orthorexia as well, like people who are obsessed with eating healthy, right? Yes. And then, so what happened was, is that we had to cut her off because we noticed that it was actually detrimental to her health. So taking a break is not a bad thing. If you were working out and this whole thing started and you said, you know what, I just need some time off just to sit with myself and sit with my thoughts. That's okay. Right. And and I think it's just, you know, it's okay to do that in a moment of time. Everything I always tell people, it's like 80, 20, 80% of the time, try to do the right thing with, in terms of everything to do with your health. And then 20%, if you slack off, that's okay. Yes. It becomes a habit now. Right. right? Months, right, right. months and months has passed, right. And you're just not doing anything. And I always tell people taking care of your body is take and is taking care of your mind. You're taking care of your mind and then taking care of your body. It's a form of love to yourself. And then you're also now giving that back to the people around you. 
Right. Absolutely. So Kim, what barriers do black women specifically face in training? I think the first one is lack of education. Right. With, with that's the first thing, the barriers they face is that, you know, you start, if you get into, I always tell people this, would you get into a car and just start driving the car? <laughs> I don't know. Especially if it was like a, a Lamborghini. <laughs> but you wouldn't get into a car and start driving it without getting instructions. Right. Totally. Right. Um, I was, I would ask a client, you know, what job do you do? They'd say, I'm a nurse. I couldn't show up to do your job. Right. Or being trained how to do your job. Right. Right. So that's the first thing that happens. I find is that people lack education as to what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I always say, obviously it costs money, but what doesn't cost money? It's right. an investment. Right. It's a right. Risk and investment to learn you know, about your body to get your body assessed. Everybody, everybody's body is experiencing different things. How you live daily, your body can be, you can have tight hips, you can have roll kyphosis in your shoulders, which is rolling of the shoulders. You can have tight ankles. You could have, your hips could be shaped differently because of um, a hereditary reason. Like there's all sorts of reasons why your body is going to move different than the person's body that you're seeing on Instagram, for example that is doing an exercise and you're like, Oh, that looks cool. I want to do that, but maybe that's not for you. So right. I would say the, what the first barriers is you, know, you need to get the education and, and education doesn't have to cost you tons and tons of money, but at least seek a professional to have a full assessment. So that way, you know, that you're on the right track. And if there's any problems that's happening with the body at that moment, what you do is you get someone to tell you what it is. So you can start to rehab that. Mm. And Kim, you made such a good point. Sorry to interrupt. You made such a good point because years ago when I had started working out, this is like when I first started with the whole, you know, yo-yo dieting thing. I wasn't educated. I didn't know how the machines worked in the gym. So I hired a trainer. I hired a trainer so that I could get that jump start and that head start to learn how to use a different equipment, to learn like different muscles in my body. And that just made it a lot easier because I knew what it was that I needed to focus on. And in my episode last week, I talked about how health coaching is not a luxury. You know, it's an investment in yourself. So if you know that you want to work out, if you know that you want to make changes, and if you're not able to do it on your own, if you know that, you know, you need that accountability and you need that support, then you need to go find that support, right? You owe that to yourself. So if you're trying to work out and you don't know where to start, if you're trying to work out, Kim is your girl, you know, just go to her Instagram. I'll link link her her Instagram, you know, bio in the show notes for sure. And I'm sure she's taking on one-on-one clients still. I don't know. Maybe. I don't want to put her out there. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I take on I do take on one-on-one clients my approach to fitness is more of a holistic approach I do not just say okay let's just start working out I need to find out who am I who am I embarking on a relationship with right so I always tell people it's personal and then training mm-hmm. so you're first of all you might have you might not like me you never know and a lot right. of times people don't learn because they don't get along we're different personality types but I first get to know the person and see what they're about, see their lifestyle, see how I can potentially help them to be better at what they do. Because working out is not just, as I said, it's not just about that look, I should be enhancing your day. Like that's what I should be doing as a, as a coach. I should be enhancing your day. So if you usually crash at 3 PM, I got to find out why you're crashing at 3 PM. Right. I need to make your coaching should help you be better. Yes. Right. And I'm not, a lot of times what I would coach trainers on 
is not to work with clients and demolish them. So the next day, they're barely walking, they're creeping up the stairs. It's more so that, you know what, you feel better. Yeah, you're going to have a little bit of soreness, but not to the place where, you know, you're just like, you're, you're, you, you can't operate. That's not mm-hmm. what coaching is, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's more to uplift you and make you better at your daily activities. You figure if you work with a trainer, you see them two, three hours a week, and then there's still the seven days left that they've got to operate. So it shouldn't really enhance your experience in life as opposed to make you dreading going back. Absolutely. Belly fat is a common struggle for people looking to lose weight, and it can also be harmful to your health. This type of fat is called visceral fat and is a major risk factor for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and other serious conditions. It can be tough to lose, but not impossible. Learn how you can burn belly fat and make it easier with my free guide, Seven Ways to Melt Your Muffin Top Fast, backed by science. You can find it over at trudyestone.com. I'll also drop a link in the show notes so you can grab it. So education is one barrier that Black women faces when it comes to training. Are there any others that you potentially see as barriers? I'll tell you one that, I mean, I know every every Black woman is going to agree with me on this one. You see this fuzzy stuff right here? Oh, give me the dish. Give me the dish. And you're going to, I'm going to tell you a funny story about this afterwards, but you go first. You go first. So <laughs> I am going to mess up my hair. That's what's, that's the biggest, one of the biggest barriers. And you know what? I won't lie. So I have been blessed that I work in an industry and I am able to express myself, how I feel and my hair. I'm not one for straight hair. It's never been like, I'm too crazy for that. Like straight hair is too perfect for me. So I never really had to face that barrier, but I'm also able to have my hair big and wild and be able to express myself however I feel. Now, if you work in a corporate office, which, you know, you want to present a certain way, you want to, you know, you have to look a little more polished and you have a workout session at 7 a.m. and you got to get to work at nine. Well, that's a whole lot of time extra that you would actually need in order to get yourself together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a real, con- I have it with clients all the time. It's a real conversation. I, you know, as some people will say, it's an excuse, I guess to one degree, it can be one degree, but then I also, because I love, I love here. I love, I love, you know, being able to express myself through here. I understand it. And it might just be a shift in when you train. So maybe mm-hmm. if you're like, you know, some people are morning people and they want to train at 6 a.m. And right. that's okay. But then if you work at eight, that might not work. If you have short, straight, pixie haircut, like that might be a really cha- a big challenge for you. But right. I'm sure that there's ways that, you know, for me, I always tell people, well, then change the time you work out. Mm-hmm. You know, is have you investigated other wraps or stuff you can do to keep your hair in line? Because we naturally have kinky hair, just like you, you have like curly, naturally yeah. curly hair. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden sweat hits that and things go sideways. Yep. So yep. that is a barrier, mm-hmm. but I don't believe it's a barrier that would stop you. You just have to really sit down with yourself and say, okay, or with your stylist and say, what are my options? How can I actually make this work for, for my lifestyle and what I'm wanting to do? Protective styling is always good. But once again, I'm also coming to you from a place of, I do do a lot of protective styling. I do a lot of creative stuff, but my hair really does not affect my workouts because it's usually big and out there. So it, 
you know, just the bigger it is, the better for me. But mm. I do understand clients that, you know, have to show up looking. I have a lawyer. She has to show up looking a certain way. She cannot show up looking like, you know, she just woke up in a courtroom. Right. So right. I totally get that. But tell me your story. Oh, Kim, I'm so embarrassed to tell this story. <laughs> so yesterday I was like, okay, tomorrow looks like it might be a nice day. Well, in the morning anyways, I think it's supposed to rain like, I don't know, a couple hours, but I'm like, okay, I'll go for a bike ride in the morning. Right. So I was all excited about my bike ride. But then I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, wait a minute. I have this interview today with Kim and we're going to be doing it over video. But I'm like, that bike helmet always messes my hair up. The bike helmet messes my hair up. Whenever I ride, my hair gets really, really frizzy. And I was like, nah, I just washed my hair yesterday. The curls are tight. I need to keep them that way for this interview. So I didn't do the bike ride this morning. But I will say, although I didn't do the bike ride, I thought to myself, what are some other exercises that I can do that won't interfere with my hair too much? So I did yoga. And I did that instead because yoga is not overly, you know, vigorous or rigorous or that sort of thing, but I can still get a good workout where I'm really toning my muscles. So sometimes it might even be that I'm not a fitness expert, but sometimes it might even just be adjusting your workout. Like if you know you're, you want your hair to look fly one day, then okay, that's not the day that you do, you know, the strenuous workout. Maybe it's the day that you do yoga, or maybe it's the day that you do some stretching or, or whatever it is. But like you said, just get in some form of movement. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Kim, is there a certain level of respect that is gained for yourself when you train? Absolutely. So training is the, anything that you can do for yourself is, and and with setting a standard is, uh, is the first line of setting standards and respect for your own self. So when you train, getting back to that first point, when I talked about with martial arts, you learn the power that you truly have within. And I'll tell you this, this is one thing that I would say training has taught me. It's taught me everything that I'm looking for. I already have, Mm. right? We spend so much time in life searching for so many things and all of it, most of it starts right here. Mm -hmm. Like if you dissect most people and you go through, they want to accomplish something, but they haven't accomplished it. And But people tend to do this. Well, my mom didn't do this. My dad did this. This person was the reason why I didn't have this. That person didn't do that. My husband didn't do that. My wife didn't know. Like, okay, gotcha. Where did it all start though? Right now, obviously there are situations of trauma, which are with, with not within our control, but once identified that it does become within our control and how we deal with it, have we received healing? Have we received counseling? Have we received all, taking all of those steps to recover from it? Some things that you may have experienced are not your fault and it was not within your control. But now as an adult, looking at yourself and really looking at yourself, sometimes people need to do like a mind map of themselves and look at yourself and say, okay, so where am I? What's holding me back? What are the choices that I'm making every day that's leading me to the same outcomes. Right. And, and that, and that's so powerful because everything, the power of choice is it, it, it can change your life. Mm-hmm. It will change your life. Mm-hmm. And that's all that, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, Kim just loves working out. No, it's not that I just not, I didn't want to work out today. Girl, <laughs> outside was raining. Okay. <laughs> I was like, and then I told you earlier, I, said, I had all these things to do. And I was, you know what? I just like, just skip it all. Just make my, and I was like, you know what? No, 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 no. 
I am going to train. I, if I don't do this, I'm teaching later. I'm coaching. I'm going to feel so bad. I'm telling these people to move and I haven't done anything myself. Right. And I decided to do it and I felt so much better. I was so much efficient when I went outside to get all my tasks done. And that's a first, that's respect for me first. I set that standard. So then now when I interact with people, I have a standard there and I have an expectation because I first set that expectation with myself. I have to take actionable steps and follow through. And then when I do that, you know, now I can expect that from others. But if mm. I don't first take action on my, with myself, how can I expect you to do more for me when I'm not even showing up for me? I love that. Like how? Yeah. I can't expect that. So, you know, you look at, you look at, especially with, you look at women in relationships sometimes and, you know, they accept things that they shouldn't be accepting because they're, they're worth more, mm-hmm. but they have to first believe that Oof. you have to first believe that. Cause if you don't believe that your value is higher, then you're always going to be setting yourself low and you're always going to be playing below, you know, below the line. You're always right. going to be below the line and you will allow people to treat you how you treat yourself. Right. Right. And that's where the respect piece comes in. You first got to respect yourself and and income level and all of that don't even matter because sometimes people like, you know, well, I, I've got this and I, you know, uh, systemic racism, let's just say, and I've got all these barriers. Yes, we do. We all have those barriers. But when you wake up in the morning, you got 24 hours, 24 hours. And if out of that 24 hours, you can't take time out for you to make a decision that's going to positively impact your life, that is a choice that you have made. And that's the place where people really struggle with. And I'll tell you the other part too, where I've sat with sitting in front of Black women, they'll say to me, Kim, you know, I got to get my nails done. I can't afford education because I got to get my nails done. I got to get my hair done. Uh... I got to buy my Spanx. I got to get the dress for the weekend. So, and I, 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 I was the one that really was the one I would go out on the ledge with people and say, so let me get this right. So you <laughs> get nails done so people can see, see that you, your nails look pretty. Mm-hmm. You got to get your hair done so people can see, Ooh, she got it together. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You got the Spanx cause you got to suck it in. <laughs> Oh my God. And I got to get the nice dress because then I want people to see that I can afford nice things. Mm -hmm. Everything is being done because of what the external eyes can see. But I will say this, and I would say this to people, you're only masking for the untrained eye. Oh my goodness. Are you, do you have a book coming up with these quotes? Because <laughs> <laughs> it should. <laughs> it's true, right? You're only asking so for the untrained eye. Mm-hmm. Because when you actually meet someone that is holding themselves at a certain standard, I could rip out, look, you ain't got no nails, girl, COVID, peel me off too. You don't even want to see these, the peeling nail polish. It's girl, a mess. I didn't even bother. <laughs> I shaved the bad boy, buffed him down. And it was good to go. When, when you take all of these things off, who are you? Right. Because whoever you are is showing up anyway. Oof. Whoever you are showing so up. Good. So it's like, you know, you walk into certain rooms and if you're walking into rooms where everyone else is wearing a mask, I guess we're all wearing, we got our glasses on, we're wearing visors. Mm-hmm. So we're all trying to look pretty. 
But if you walk into a room where people are able to see clearly, you're not hiding from anybody. Right. It's like you're showing up to a costume party. And I also want to add, just going really back to like the timepiece and excuses and that sort of thing. Like when I first started working out, I shouldn't say when I first started working out, but when I was losing weight, when I was, you know, got engaged, was going to get married, wanted to lose weight. I didn't have money for a gym membership because at that time I was on a budget because we were saving for a wedding and trying to plan a wedding. So because I couldn't afford a gym membership, I just started by going out into my backyard. I got a jumping rope from the dollar store, went into my backyard, and I just started skipping rope. And I didn't want to work out, but I just said to myself, let me just see what I can do in like five minutes. And that was it. It was like five minutes of jumping rope. It was like, like two minutes of jumping rope and like three minutes of like some squats just in my backyard. And that was it. But when we make these commitments to ourselves, that's how you build your confidence. And you erode your confidence when you don't follow through on your commitments to yourself, right? So you got to find the time. If anything is important enough to you, if anything is a priority, like getting your nails done, getting your hair done, your health should be your top priority. We're fighting a pandemic. We are fighting health issues. The yes. reason we had to stay at home is because the, the government was scared of people being vulnerable to getting sick. Mm-hmm. Our, most people's immune systems are not capable of handling any external diseases coming in. Working out enhances your immune system. But I will tell you something, which you're the real expert on this, is that losing weight, 80% of it has to do with what you put in your mouth. Absolutely. Right? You, yeah. you see people all the time, oh, I'd be working out. They're working out every day and visually and nothing changing. Mm-hmm. And they are working out. But honestly, if someone's looking for a visual change, I mean, 80% of it is the nutrition piece, which is, is the vital, vital part. And I tell clients that all the time. Mm-hmm. I can help you with your form, get you a proper workout routine, all this great stuff. But honestly, if you don't change how you eat and your lifestyle, your environment, your friends who you hang out with that keep you the way that you are, nothing's going to change. Yeah, And that's, that's true. It's a reality. Yes. You know, but it's, it's the working out is, is it, it just conditions your mind. It puts you in a state of respecting yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's where women and, and, you know, women would, I, I believe if more women would work out, they just, they would seek less things. Mm-hmm. They would seek less things. We go out seeking, we go out seeking and who doesn't like to be looked at? We right. all like to be looked at. That's what right. we do, right? Mm-hmm. Every You want to make a woman feel good? Give her a compliment. Right. You know, women love compliments. And everything we do sometimes is to receive, sometimes a receive a compliment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you go out feeling a certain way, you don't necessarily go out seeking that. And I, I say this to women as well. You know, sometimes women that are, are not in relationships and they're looking for a significant other, I said, don't go out looking. Look at yourself. Mm. Because if you go out seeking, you look, you sometimes could come across thirsty. Mm-hmm. And then the prey, you're you're like prey, right? People looking at you and they're like, they could see all your insecurities. Right. So the best thing you could do if you're a single person, and even in couple married couples too, you know, is take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then the, you exude a level of confidence. Yes. And you made a decision to choose you first. Right. And if right. you choose you first, then the other person is going to say, oh, well, this person has a certain level of regard of respect for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they'll treat you a certain way because you first treated yourself a certain way. So true. 
and just going back to the nutrition piece for a second, because of course I have to do that. Of course. (laughs) Yes, I do agree that 80% of it for sure comes down to eating. But even what precedes that are your thoughts. And you eat the way that you think because your thoughts lead to your feelings, which lead to your actions. And I don't think a lot of people connect that. So that's why I, I talk about this on the Mind Your Body podcast, because essentially it's get your mind right and your body will follow it. All starts with a thought. Even with exercise, if you say to yourself, well, what's the point of working on? I'm never going to lose weight. If you think that way, you're, you're setting yourself for failure even before you begin, right? You can't think that way. You have to reframe that thought. You know, maybe I have five minutes today, so I'll do a quick five-minute workout today. I'll do what I can. And that's how, again, that's how you build momentum. That's how you get motivated. And that's another question I get. I'm sure you get this too as a trainer, like, how do I get motivated? You know, how do I stay motivated? How do I get that momentum to keep going? And really, again, it comes down to just keeping those commitments to yourself, no matter how small. You don't have to work out for like an hour, an hour and a half. Do what you can with the time that you have. Yeah. I always tell people, organize your time. We all have time. You know how long it takes to get your nails done? Especially if it's long and you got to put those little coffins and stuff all over. Yes. <laughs> but that takes a long time. It does. Right? How long does it take to do your hair? How long does it take to go shopping and do all these other things? People can organize their time. And, you know, people ask, you know, how do I get motivated? Motivation comes and goes. It's an emotion. It passes. But you have to know your why. Why am I doing it? You might start off doing it because you're getting married and you want to lose 15 pounds. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Being Mm -hmm. your motivational driver. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. But past that, you want to also make it a lifestyle. You know, I'll tell you something for people in relationships, working out helps to keep your house calm. It does. It keeps your house calm because, you know, I ain't going to argue with like, you know, hey, knock yourself out. You, you, I think one of the things you learn in a relationship is you got to pick your battles. But when you work out, you release aggression, you release a lot. So then you're how you just you just you start to have a very peaceful home. You know, we're not no one's trying to overpower anybody. Like I understand you you, you can't win every battle, but mm-hmm. working out helps to in in a relationship. And I'm just kind of going off the fact of I talked about losing 15 pounds for your wedding, mm-hmm. and then now you're in a relationship and you're thinking, well, why I don't need to work out. Um the way I am. And it's no, you can't be the way you are. You have to continuously work towards, you know, being better, minding your mind, which is something I always tell people. And I also say that same line that you say, get your mind right. 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 Because when you have a lot of aggression built up, you have a lot of frustration, you explode Mm -hmm. and your Mm -hmm. thoughts are no longer mindful. They're just your thought. You let your thoughts out. Yes, it's true. And working out has massive benefits on your brain health and on your mental health. And even with your, like the memory part of your brain, the hippocampus, there's studies that show that when you exercise more, it actually increases the efficiency of that part of your brain, your hippocampus, which is responsible for memory and for learning and focus and emotional regulation as well. So, you know, exercise, it's not just about, and I hope people are really getting this now, it's not just about the external. It is so much about the internal. Absolutely. So I want to talk about Black women's bodies in the media, because I know this has been like a big topic for 2020 with Lizzo. We can give numerous examples. 
you know, black women's bodies are different. We talked about this earlier and not necessarily represented in the media. Why do you think that is? I think because one, because we're beautiful and we're unique. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start off with that, but it's not in media. What they're used to seeing is blonde, thin, big boobs, and just lean. That that's what's always been on a, on a magazine cover. Until my beautiful Serena, I'm a huge fan of Serena Williams, uh, had graced the covers of magazines, and because and and she graced it because of her all the titles she dominated her field for so long. She didn't grace it because of how unique she looks. She graced it because of her titles that she's won. Right. It's our bodies are not celebrated like our white counterparts are. Mm. And that has been the norm for way too long. I remember one year I even said, you know what? I want to be on the cover of Oxygen magazine. And I thought to myself, I looked at all of them and I had a consultant and they looked at it like, Kim, what are the odds? And I'm like, I know, I, I know it's, it's crazy, but just for women to see that you can be thick and you can be fit and you don't necessarily, you know, have to fit the traditional BMI, like how, you know, they set it out in the, the national standards are, we're going to be different. I could I could stand next to a white counterpart or someone of another nationality and we could weigh the same thing and I look completely different. I could be a solid 175 and this person's 175, but they look twice my size because of how I carry my weight, my body distribution, DNA, you know, just everything genetically, how I'm built up. Right. So, you know, a lot of times too in, in media. And like in magazines and so forth, you'll have to submit your body weight. You have to submit your body weight. You have to submit your height. Right. And right away, for me, my body weight, eh, you ain't making the cut because mm-hmm. they'd already <laughs> said you got to be 145. That's not happening over oh, here. Oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> so right away, you're already disqualified with even given a chance to be looked at. So, you know, on one side of the spectrum, we do have Black women that look at these people and think that's what they should look like. And that's not what you should look like. People should be the best versions of themselves. And that's it. At the end of the day, you can aspire and say, you know what? I want a small waist. I want a big butt. I want tight arms. I want blah, 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 all of these things under the sun. That's nice and dandy. But if you don't have certain genetic buildup, you are not naturally going to look like this person that you're aspiring to be like. You have your own assets, though. We mm-hmm. just have to work on that. Mm-hmm. But we're mm-hmm. so fixated on, I want to look like that. Media says I should look like that. Well, that's not what you should look like. Yeah. And that's- you're going you're gonna to kill your spirit in the process of that unattainable, unrealistic goal. There you go. And that's what you never want to do. But unfortunately, sometimes we get lost in the sauce. Yes, we do. We get, we get lost in there. We're just like, I want to be like that. And it's like, no, that's not for you, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. That's not for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's okay. You just got to celebrate you where you're at. So I would love to see more diversity in media when it comes to bodies. Mm-hmm. I think you've seen, we've seen commercials of there's some leading like Dove and they do their commercials and so forth with different body types. Right. And that's great. Um, but then they can also promote, not them, but I could see media promoting different 
fit body types. What does that look like? Mm. Because, you know, you don't fit, fit is a, is, is a performance. It's a, it's, it, it also is a bit of a look, but not a standard look. There's not one right. standardized way for that to look. Right. Right. Absolutely. So Kim, how does somebody start their journey to moving daily? To make a decision. They got to make a decision and they got to, they got to confess that decision to, to people. Because I feel that one of the reasons a lot of people start working out and they start working out under the quiet Mm. because they're afraid of accountability. Yes. So if I tell you, you know what, Trudy, I'm going to start working out four days a week and we live together. Let's just say, I'm going to start working out four days a week, one hour a day. And week one comes, I'm good to go. Week two, I'm down to three days. Week three, I'm down to two. And week four, I ain't even moving anymore. There's a certain shame, embarrassment for some people. Some people don't care. You know, they straight out don't care. But I'm going to feel really bad about it. So then I start doing it and see how I do. And then maybe if people start seeing results, then I would start telling people. But I always tell people, start out small. Don't, if you cannot go from not moving to working out four days a week. I think that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. It's not realistic. You cannot go from zero to four. Now there are a small percentage of people that could make their mind up and they could do anything they want. It is Mm -hmm. possible, of course, but realistically, if you're not used to moving, commit to two days, Tuesday and Thursday, Saturday and Sunday, because you're working. So it's hard for your routine for whatever reason right now, but make a small make a small commitment and then build on that commitment. And then secondly, let's say you have no money, you can't afford to get an assessment, work with a coach, start walking. Walking is the best exercise, one of the best exercises just to get you moving and get you healthy. And on top of it, very small investment. The one thing I tell people is make sure to get yourself a proper walking shoes. Don't just go walking in whatever. You want to protect your feet. Your foundation is everything and everything starts from your foundation. Right. Let's protect your feet and you start walking slowly. So you start off with 20 minutes, then you build to 30, then you build to 40 and slowly by slowly, slowly, you're going to, you're going to start to win the race with yourself because you're going to get addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And it's something most people can do. Don't worry about what the standard says that you, you know, you talked, uh, there's something called the talk test. You should be walking at a certain speed. You'll get there. Right. Start walking. It's one of the simplest things. Then guess what? If there's even a hill near you, say you're feeling really confident, walk up a hill. Right. Get to the top, look down, decide if you want to, how you're going to get down there. Right. And you know, currently right now, Kim, I'm in the midst of my mind your body coaching program. It's a six week coaching program with different women. And you know, one of the ladies in that coaching program, she just started with walking, like you just said. And before she only used to walk once a week. And she's like, you know what? That's all I can really do. I can only do once a week. And I said, well, I want to encourage you to just add on one more day. See if you can just add on one more day every week, add one more day. So now she's up to walking about six days a week. And I have seen such a tremendous shift in her and her confidence from just, you know, going that one day to now going to six days, you know, she's losing weight, but it's just the confidence of just keeping that commitment to herself. Right. And a a lot of times people, I don't know if you've heard of Jim Fortin, he's got this model, it's called the be, do, have model. And a lot of people operate from the have, do, be, which is, you know, they need to have something first in order to be the person they want to become. And I say, you have to start behaving that way now. 
right? So if you want to be somebody, let's say your goal is to lose, I don't know, 10 pounds or 20 pounds, what does that person need to do consistently in order to see that results? Do you need to just pick one of those small things and then just start doing that and then just start building on that? And with me, my personal goal with losing weight, um, sugar was a big problem for me, huge. And I would be dumping like four to five packs of sugar in my coffee every single day. So that's where I started. I started with the coffee and the sugar and I didn't add anything else on until I got that under my belt because now I had that momentum and I could keep going and I just started layering things on. Was it slower to lose the weight? Absolutely. But I developed a lifestyle. It wasn't just a fad diet. It was a lifestyle. I was building habits. And that's the thing when we do those small things consistently, it's like compound interest. It adds up, right? It is a lifestyle and it's, it's, it's habits, small habits built up will make that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're in, I always tell people your environment is so important. Yes. If you're wanting to lose weight and you hang out with people that, you know, have fast food every day, your chances are very slim. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. being a smoker and hanging out with all smokers. Like you're, 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 you're not setting yourself up for success. And people will say, so should I get rid of my friends? I'm not telling you what to do. But if you're choosing a particular lifestyle, I guarantee if you hang out with me, you're going to work out. You're, gonna, you're just not, it's just, you're not going to be comfortable. And people don't usually stay in places where they're not comfortable. So if you're, if you come in, if you're, if we're hanging out together and I'm just like, okay, you know what, Trudy, I'm going to go train right now. You know, you're, it's good. the first thing in your mind, like, well, I should maybe be doing that. Mm-hmm. That's the thought you're going to think. You may not be wanting to do what I'm doing, but you might say, you know, I'm going to go ride my bike. Right. And just be, by being in the environment and spaces where people are thinking, it's just like any, anything, anything to do with success, right? You place mm-hmm. yourself in the room of people that are successful. You're going right. to, chances of you being successful is a lot greater than mm-hmm. being a lot of, in a room with people that complain all day long. Right. And I think there was a study that I read and it said, you know, if your best friend is overweight, the chances are you're 50, 57, I think 57% more likely to be overweight. And today, actually, I just posted this on Instagram and I posted this quote. It said, your environment is stronger than your willpower. It is. Because your environment is the most explosive trigger of your bad habits. Mm -hmm. And to add on to this, and this is kind of circling back to barriers um, that Black women tend to face is sometimes their partners. Yes. Yes. Talk about that. Right? Because here's the thing. If your partner doesn't support you in moving, you're going to be so less likely to move. Mm-hmm. If they try to, for my, uh, the word I tend to use is handcuff you mm-hmm. to not becoming a better version of yourself, then you're, uh, you're not going too far. And if they tell you, oh, baby girl, you look so cute. You good, you good, just the way you are. You know, it's a superficial approach. And it's a vice versa, right? Women should also help their partners to move as well because it's a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle that has to be embodied. But as I said, going back, it's, you know, if your partner is telling you that you're beautiful just the way you are, and it's not that they shouldn't tell you that you're beautiful just the way you are, that's okay, but they should make space and empower you to become better. 
And it's not about the look. Once again, this is not my conversations are never about look. It's about how you feel. It's about your performance. It's about whatever goals, visions that you have for yourself. You need energy in order to make those things happen. You need to be in the proper state of mind. You want to buy a house? You're probably going to have to work your butt off a little bit more. Well, how are you going to do that? You're going to need more energy. You need to be in a positive mindset. What helps with that naturally? Moving and nutrition. Mm. It's really simple, right? We're trying to, you know, people think, oh, I just need to get another job. Yeah, you probably need to get another job. Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe there's a side hustle you could be doing that your heart always wanted to get into, but you just haven't had the energy. A lot of people say, I don't have the energy. You hear that a lot. I don't have the energy to do things. Kim, I got to tell you a story on this. (laughs) I got to tell you a story. I have another, I have a little story on this as well. Going back to, you know, losing weight before the wedding. I wasn't meal planning. I wasn't preparing any of my meals. I was planning my wedding. I was going to school part-time in the evenings. I was also sitting on um, a committee for, um, I can't remember who it was, but I was sitting on a committee planning one of the events, like a large charity event in the city. I was working like maybe, I think, 50, 60 hours a week because my teams had merged and my corporation. It was a busy, hectic time. So I wasn't meal planning. I was eating McDonald's. I was buying a lot of processed foods, packaged foods, pizzas, frozen dinner, that sort of thing. And I was exhausted. And one day when I came home, I had nothing to eat. I didn't stop to eat to get anything because I was trying to catch the bus. I wasn't driving. I was trying to catch the bus. This is a true story. I would like tell it like it is, okay? I didn't want to miss the bus, so I didn't stop to get anything to eat, right? So I got home. I was exhausted. And I was like, what the hell am I going to eat? And I remember thinking to myself, Trudy, you're eating all of these foods but you're exhausted. So you need to eat foods that are going to give you energy because right now the foods that you're eating are draining your energy. Yes, they're convenient, but they are draining your energy and food has life. So we need to eat those foods that give us life. We need to get that movement going because that's going to give us life. Okay. Again, like, like Kim has said, it's not about the external. It is all about that internal, the way that you feel. Right. I'll tell you something. I always tell people fuel for your success. Mm. Fuel for your success. So you're going to get in your car. You're going to put gas in there. Are you only going to put a quarter tank of gas and you know you got 100 kilometers to drive? Is that simple? It's that simple, right? So fuel for your success. If you got big dreams, take care of yourself because you're going to need energy to accomplish those dreams. And you can't expect that, you know. I don't want to call the names, but those uh, coffee shops, coffee shops are made to keep you coming back every two hours. They spike your blood sugar. Once they spike it, give you a solid hour, 45 minutes, you're back there. That's why it's so cheap. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you've probably spent 15, $20, although on every visit you spend three to four, three, three to four dollars. Right. Right. So it literally is playing with you all day long, up and down, up and down, up and down. And certain restaurants are targeted to black areas. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. when we talk about systemic situations, there are reasons why certain brands are on every corner of marginalized areas. Unfortunately, in these areas, we're not planning properly and they're and convenience is a slow death. That's what that is. Anything that you do for convenience is a slow, slow death. 
So every time you stop and you pick up that pizza, you pick up that fried chicken, you pick up that Chinese food, you pick up the coffee, you pick up the donuts, all of that stuff is convenient. But each time you you put that into yourself, what are you putting in? You're not putting anything that's alive. You want to be alive, but you're eating dead food. Right. It doesn't actually make any sense. And, you know, I always say this to clients. I say it's really simple. Before you put anything in your mouth, think about what it's going to do for you. Mm-hmm. So keep it simple. What's it going to mm-hmm. do for you? You're going to eat that donut right now. What's it going to do for you? And you know what? Maybe you're feeling down and maybe you're an emotional eater and that's the picker me upper that you need. And if you are okay with that at that moment, then that's okay. Right. But I want you to consciously become conscious of mm-hmm. every decision that you're making before you take that and put it into your mouth. I agree. And I tell people this sometimes. And when I tell them this, like I see the color drain from their face, but you know, with every bite that you take, you're feeding your health or you're fueling disease. Mm-hmm. And one or you're doing the other. You're nice. I tell them they're fueling their death. Yeah. yeah that too. It's that it's, too. It's just the reality, right? It's just right. like every time you open your mouth, you're putting something that's processed in. Like right. processed food, like think about what it is. Can you say the ingredients? Do you know what is the ingredients that you're putting into your body when you right. make your own food you at least have an idea of what you're putting together it saves you money it also helps with your portion sizing mm-hmm. and you're just a lot more conscious and you actually your your satiety glands you're just gonna if you're gonna digest it better but you're also gonna it's gonna feel better for you right you created right. it you took right. the time. For, that's a that's a part of self love too, right? You yes, took the time yeah, to yeah. make something for yourself or your family. Don't Absolutely. get on what goes in kids' bags for school. That's I know, right? But actually, this week with my coaching clients, I was talking to them about you know the importance of meal planning and making your own foods and that sort of thing. And we were talking about processed foods and convenience foods. And I told them I would rather you bake a cake at home than to buy that cake from the grocery store. Because I guarantee you, even if you're putting sugar into that cake or those muffins or whatever it is that you're making, if you're buying it already processed from the grocery store, they are putting way more sugar in there than you ever will. They're also adding different additives as well that's contributing to your disease, right? Or contributing to to potential of disease. So I'd rather have you, if you're going to make cookies, if you're going to make cakes, make it at home. Don't buy the processed package stuff. And I know it's tempting. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I know but you're so much better off making it in your own kitchen. They need What people need to see specifically, I'm going to speak to black people, is they need to see the business around what they buy. Mm. Everything is a business. Yes. So fructose is a business. There's a reason why even real sugars came out and they started putting the syrup in that was just cheaper to create. Yes. But My fructose corn syrup, right. Yes. Made, but it made the food taste better and we're, we, our taste buds become addicted to it. Yes. A lot of times I tell people, okay, so we're going to work on your meal plan. We're going to work on you eating healthy, um, but eating good. I want you to enjoy the food. Fat is a good thing. People always mm-hmm. think you got to take out fat, but healthy fat is good. You need it. You do. People you do. think it's like a punishment. It's going to be, I'm eating grass all day. No, I'm, you're not a cow. I'm not going to make you eat grass all day. That makes no sense. But what I want to do is I want you to understand what it means to eat wholesome. Mm-hmm. what it means to really put the right food groups in your body. Have a bowl right. of cherries. You want dessert at night, have a bowl of cherries, put some whipped cream on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. And when, and when you have a healthier relationship with food, you'll have a healthier relationship with yourself. Exactly. And that's the piece where it's just like, you know what? It's not a punishment. This is your body. Treat it right. with respect. You're not a garbage can. Because if right. I were to take you to the factories and you were to see how all this stuff was made, you'd probably be really grossed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't be blinded when you look at a package and you see all these different words you can't pronounce, but then you're okay with eating it and giving that to your family. Right. And in week, um, sorry, in episode nine of the podcast, The Mind Your Body Show, I talked all about hyper palatable foods. And these are the foods that are scientifically engineered to have you keep coming back for more. And they're specifically engineered to hit this point in your mouth called the bliss point, right? So these foods are um, scientifically engineered with a specific combination of salt, sugar, and fat, again, to have you keep coming back for more. So that's what these food companies are doing. And the more that you give them your dollars, every time you spend your dollars, you're voting, right? So you need to vote for yourself by making those foods at home and not fattening the pockets of these manufacturers. Definitely. Yeah. So Kim, I have a question for you. And it's something that I ask every guest here on the Mind Your Body show. What is your favorite way to take care of your mind and your body? My favorite way to take, you know what? Mine is probably working out. Mine is, it it probably is. It, because I'll tell you, it's just like this morning when I didn't want to work out, I didn't want to, I kid you not. And I just said, you know, the beautiful thing about working out at home and since gyms are closed right now is that I got no excuse. Mm -hmm. go upstairs, put my clothes on, go out to the backyard. Like I have really no excuses. Like I got to get in the car and drive. So working out for me teaches me how to love. And the love starts with me. And it also teaches me how to give because I give energy every day in the work that I do. So I do do fitness coaching, but I do a huge, like I would say 80% of what I do is business coaching with people that are in fitness or in the wellness business on a whole. And it takes a lot of energy to coach and develop and mentor people. Yes. So I absolutely. have to be in the right mind state in order to deal with people and to show up authentically. Right. So right. for me, it definitely is the discipline of training. And, and I actually, so my workouts are all done on a whiteboard and sometimes I get halfway and I don't want to, I'm like, ah, oh, man. And then it's like, no, Kim, that's what you wrote down. You got to check it off. Hmm. I like that. I got to check it. It just, it's not, obviously this is at another level now where it's like, obviously I was saying, start off with walking and be happy with that. But for me at the part that I'm in my journey and I'll, and I'll pause for a second and say something here. When you see people moving or doing anything, do not compare your chapter one to their chapter 10. Yes. Yes. That's where we, once again, you get lost in between. Mm -hmm. You're thinking, Mm -hmm. Oh, I could do that. This person's been practicing doing this for 15, 20 years, and today's your day one. Right. So step after step, and you will build and you'll get there. But don't compare yourself. And comparison is another place where people just, that's where people give up because you start comparing and you're not going to measure up. And you just, you that's demotivates people. And it's not about comparing at all. We're all unique. Today's my chapter one for something else. That's probably your chapter 10. So we can't compare, right? So I just had to say that because that's really, really important. Because sometimes I'll get clients saying, oh, I saw this person doing this on Instagram. That's amazing. Do you know that that person has acrobatic training? Exactly. Right? Exactly. So you're yeah. looking at them and you're saying, well, we look the same. 
Right. So we should be able to do, yeah, but they've been doing acrobat training for the last 20 years of their life. Or we compare our bodies to JLo, but JLo oh, was a dancer for how many years, right? Yeah. Let's not forget that. You know, <laughs> on top of that, on top of that, I love that you brought that example up. I get that a lot. People compare their bodies to JLo. Yeah, she's, mm-hmm. good. she's I think, 51. Right. Say. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Train six days a week. Right. Train six days a week. She has a chef that lives with her. And her training is about four hours a day broken up Ooh. in different compartments. So not mm-hmm. all at once, but she has days she does her martial arts. She has days she's doing party. She has her high intensity trainers that come over. She's got a so you're not you're not comparing apples to apples. Right. She looks fantastic, but she's also invested in that lifestyle. Right. And I gave that example because I get that from my clients as well. <laughs> For yeah, JLo. She looks fantastic, but you have mm-hmm. to look at the commitment. Like you were talking about earlier, the commitment that yes. she's putting into it, she it, it's her livelihood. Right. And I want to thank you for saying that because comparison really is the thief of joy, right? It is. Yeah. It, it really is a thief because you're looking at someone and you're comparing, but you don't know what they do. And, you know, I, and, I, and I even say that for myself as well, being that I've been in the fitness industry for so long, I've had the ability to be trained by some of the best coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't just trained by going to seminars and so forth. I've been trained by coaches, you know, all over the world. So that's right. where I get a lot of my training from. It's not things I learned in a textbook. And I've been practicing thousands and thousands of hours of doing different things. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still a student, always a student. So, you know, someone will look at you and say, oh, Kim, you make that look so easy. I make it look easy because I've probably put in 30,000 hours in it. So you're just trying it. So be mindful of that. Right. And Kim, Um, I also, I want to acknowledge you as well when you were just so transparent and talking about the fact that, hey, you know what? There's some days where I don't feel like working out, right? I just don't feel like doing it. So I I appreciate you saying that because I think when people look at fitness experts like yourself, I think people just think, you know, she always wants to work out. She's always motivated to work out. So I think it's important that people hear that, right? No, it's, it, it is a, once again, it is no different than any other task on your to-do list. There's days that you just don't feel it, and but you have to push yourself. And today, I didn't feel like it because of the weather. And I'll be honest, it was gloomy. It was gray outside. And I knew that's what the factor was. But if I woke up and I was really sore from the day before or something hurt on me, I would modify to say, say, for example, I need to do more mobility. So I'm not going to do strength today. I'm going to do more mobility, but then let's just say I really, my body was super, like I felt something off. I would not train because that is the smart thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to listen to your body and and know when it needs that rest. And also not make excuses though. Because sometimes that's what we tend to do is we tend to make excuses uh, to say, oh, well, I can't do this. I can't do that because of this. It's like, no, if you set out, you have seven days a week. If you say, okay, minimum, you're going to at least get three to four days in. It doesn't matter when those days happen, but just make sure it happens for yourself. Right. Be stronger than your excuses, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I would say definitely my, my form of how I take care of my mind and my body is definitely through training. If I, I, I've got to move, I got to move. And once I do, I gain a lot of clarity. Um, and also being also, I would say what they, I guess there's different ways to call them a D personality, a personality type. I need, I, I do need an outlet because I, I get really passionate about things mm-hmm. and then I need, I need to be brought back to life. Right. 
Like I need, I know that about myself where it's like, I'll see something and I'll get, this is like gun violence in the city, for example, that drives yeah. me nuts. And I'll yeah. get all riled up. Like, girl, I get all riled up. And then it's like, him, come back to center. Yes. Like, here's the reality. Come back to center, get, a, get control of your emotions. And as females, we tend to be a lot more emotional and we need to learn how to control that emotion and find that outlet that allows us to simmer. Mm. So Kim, I have one final question for you. It's an easy one. Where okay. can people find you? Ha! Let's see. Uh, Kim Niles. So K-Y-M-N-I-L-E-S on Instagram or my website.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Twitter. Everything is Kim Niles as my, uh, my handle. Awesome. Kim, and like everybody else just heard on this podcast, it all starts with a decision. So Kim, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Mind Your Body show. This was a phenomenal episode. I knew you were going to bring the heat and you didn't <laughs> disappoint. And I'm leaving better than I was when I came into this podcast. And I hope everyone else is listening to Kim. Thank you so much again for joining the Mind Your Body show today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEstone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.